Hey everyone, Josh here. Quick question for you. Do you like coffee? Even more important question, do you like fresh coffee? Coffee that's roasted to order and doesn't taste like the bottom of your kitchen oven. If you answered yes to any of these questions, then you need to head over to McQuanoCoffee.com and get yourself some of the best coffee there is to get. Whether you like the light roast or the dark roast or you're feeling a little whimsical and you want to get that sample pack, McQuano Coffee Roasters has everything you need. And just when you thought this couldn't get any sweeter, make sure to use the promo code REFORMATORY to get 20% off all bagged coffee. Do yourself a favor and stop drinking bad coffee because you know what? Life's too short for that. Head on over to McQuanoCoffee.com and use the promo code REFORMATORY to get 20% off all bagged coffee. You will not regret it. Thanks, and now on to the show. What do you got for me? What's wrong with you people? I got nothing for you. What's wrong What's going on, everyone, and welcome to The Reformatory, the podcast for the local church and by the local church. My name is Josh Loftus, uh, and we are your local churchmen, and it is good to be with you. Uh, and uh, I'm here with my 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 friend, uh, uh, Bro Jack, uh, Jack's daddy, uh, all <laughs> Jack of the- daddy. Jack daddy. <laughs> Jack daddy. Uh, Jack, how are you, my friend? It's good to see you. I'm good. Yeah. Good. It's- uh, Man, it's been cold lately, dude. So okay, we had we had what three days of fall, and now it's uh, <laughs> scraping scraping yeah. ice off the windshields. It's crazy, pretty much, dude, pretty much. I am so tired and so sore. For, <laughs> like, so I hit the gym on Monday, and it's mm-hmm. Wednesday when we're recording this. Yeah. And Tuesday wasn't so bad. Two days after, I I can't lift my arms, dude. I I I went to like comb my beard. <laughs> with like and like my arm bending was like it was <laughs> oh my I felt so pathetic uh I am I am in a lot of pain and I think I pushed it a little hard on Monday but you know it's the holiday season you know you gotta you gotta kind of compensate for all of the uh all of the indulging that's gonna be happening in a couple weeks um it's uh it's fall it's Thanksgiving the holidays are mm-hmm. upon us my friend um, yes. you got any you got any plans for the holidays at all I don't think that we're going anywhere in particular for Thanksgiving. Maybe for Christmas. All right. We're going down to see my sister in Las Vegas where she lives now. So Gotcha. So we do yeah. uh we do every year, Jack, you and I you and I exchange Christmas gifts and I'm wondering I'm wondering <laughs> what you want this year. Um Wait, wait, wait. We are? We have to? Yes, we have. <laughs> Get out of here, you you weirdo. <laughs> yes, uh, I I'm assuming I'm going to I'm going to assume it's probably going to be the same thing that we give each other every year. It's going to be something of the of the of the smokable variety. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, yeah, yeah that yeah. seems about right. I still need to get down to Tacoma and get my birthday present. Maybe next yeah. week. I think actually early yes. next week I can. So we're going to make that Ooh. happen. Jack, nice. um before we hop into today's topic, 
Yes. Uh, why don't you give us a little a little cigar of the week, reformatory review edition? And I hear yes. you got something a little special for us. Yes. Today. So okay. okay. I felt like so I I threw this by Josh a little bit, and I said, hey, how about we do a twofer? You get two a two for, for one. Okay. Uh, we do a a little bit of a budget stick. And then more on the celebratory side, a little bit more expensive MSRP. So I smoked two cigars for you all. Yes, my life is hard. I sacrifice. You're just, you're just, you're daily you know you're doing the Lord's work for this podcast. That's what you're doing. This you're doing podcast. the Lord's work. Someone's got to do it. <laughs> and, you know, I'm, I'm uh, thankful for the commitment that you're showing, not only to this podcast, but to our people. So, okay, I, I will first give out the budget stick, okay. which this is. Probably, honestly, if you buy a bundle of these, uh, like you're gonna get m- a lot of bang for your buck. I would say. Right on. So, the cigar that I that I recommend to you all that's on the budget side is the JFR Junior, in the Corojo blend. So this is a Rothschild Vitola, meaning that it's on the shorter side of things, and how it's how it's um, designed is the wrapper kind of overlays over the foot a little bit. Mm. So if you've seen that before and you light it, it kind of like burns off a little bit of the wrapper yeah. and then it gets to the foot and that's where you're kind of lighting. But um, that's a fun little size. Uh, Nicaraguan Corojo binder is Ecuadorian. Uh, most of the filler is Nicaraguan as well too. It's in that Rothschild Vitola. Um, seven bucks. Seven. Seven seven dollars. There you go. Um seven dollars for I would say a good forty five minute smoke. All right. Um I mean, and the flavors that you're getting honestly uh has some pepper, has it's a little bit on the sweeter side, at least for me, but it's medium body mostly. Um but honestly, this is a nice it's a nice relaxing cigar. There you go. Okay, so the other side of things, if you are a little bit want to, you know, spend a little bit more money. That's right. The Aganorsa Leaf Anniversario Maduro Toro. This was rated by Half Wheel. If anybody who's anybody follows cigars and the cigar world and the cigar industry, you've probably heard of Half Wheel. They are super snooty when it comes to cigar reviews. Like, I'm talking, like, the snootiest. Mm -hmm. I have seen cigars that I've tasted and smoked that they've rated, like, in the low 80s. And I'm like, how could you rate that? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) They are, if you think, if you think, if you think reformatory is bougie, these guys, these guys are like, like, if the reformatory was Presbyterian. 11. (laughs) They've took it up to 11. Uh, So anyway, this cigar, man, a lot of pepper- a lot of spice. There's like a sweetness to it as well, too. It's kind of like creamy cinnamon. Um, yeah, just a ton of different flavors. Very complex. Uh, this is like a Nicaraguan Puro. Uh, it's kind of Corojo Maduro binder or wrapper, excuse me. Corojo Maduro wrapper. That's from Nicaragua. Binder and fillers from Nicaragua as well, too. The MSRP on this one can range anywhere from $12, which I paid, to $13.75. All right. So 
not an everyday stick unless you're not you know, an everyday unless you're but man half wheel rated it at a 90 and oh, honestly if they rate that at a 90 it should be 95 so yeah that's at least for me um yeah, yeah it half is a very wheel, good half cigar. wheel is the martin scorsese of cigar <laughs> reviewers like they just yeah unless they made it they're like yeah it's you know it's okay it's okay you know you know, it's no Shutter Island. <laughs> anyway, those right. are the two uh, cigars for this week, budget. And if you want to kind of splurge a little bit on the holidays, you got that Aganorsa Leaf and a Versario Maduro Toro. So there we go. There you go. All right, ladies and gentlemen, you heard it here, possibly for the first time. Those are the cigar of the weeks for the Reformatory. Go and smoke to the glory of God. All right, Jack. Yes. Coming into uh, coming into coming into your own on this on this episode here, <laughs> right? Uh, and uh, uh, a little different from past episodes mm-hmm. that you and I have done. So, oh, if, if you listen to if you listen to last week's episode at the very end, I talk about uh, one of the first episodes. It might be the first episode that I ever had you on. It was still yeah. back in the days of Daniel. I had you on as a guest. Yeah. Um, because Dan, Dan, Daniel couldn't make it for some reason, and I had Jack on, uh, and we talked about uh, veterans, uh, the local church, uh, and uh, and basically uh, we we titled the ep "Don't Thank Me for My Service" <laughs> or "Stop oh Thanking Me for My Service" oh, or something like that, right? And this was this was a couple of years ago. This was two or three years ago at least. And you got an angsty Jack. You got a Jack. Who, was that pandemic Jack though? That might have been. That <laughs> might have been pandemic Jack. It was. It was early pandemic. If it was. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um. And yeah. And you got an angsty Jack talking about uh, how he hates it when people thank him for his service and it's weird and veterans don't want that and yeah, like all this stuff. And I remember just sitting there like, oh, okay, okay, all right, interesting, interesting. Uh, Jack, Veterans Day, uh, when this releases, yes. uh, will be tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Right. It'll be uh, November eleventh. Friday, mm-hmm. yes. Uh, and on that day, uh, we we reserve that day for thanking uh, veterans for the service to this country, right? Uh, and we've talked about before the importance of understanding the difference between Veterans Day and Memorial Day because they are two very different things. Yeah. Uh, Memorial Day, you don't thank vets uh, currently for their service, right? And 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 I do actually know some vets that. Um, you know, if you thank them for their service on Memorial Day, they're going to tell you, hey, you know, today's not about me. Today's yeah. about the, you know, the individuals that gave their life so that I could be standing here. Right. Uh, not so with Veterans Day. Veterans Day is the day that we celebrate uh, uh, vets, specifically combat vets. Uh, um, but, you know, most of us extend it just to all vets. You know, if you're serving in the military, that's that's worth thanking you for. Uh, and it's a day that we celebrate you guys. Right. And Jack, mm. um, you know, something Jack and I have a lot of similarities a lot of things that we hold in common. One of them, or, or one one uh, one difference, is that Jack uh, Jack's a veteran, and you know we've we've poked fun at that before, and uh, you know it's it's part of uh, we made fun of the all the all the different stereotypes that come with oh, being man. a vet. Uh, yeah. All in good fun, all in good fun. But uh, Jack and I both um, are are you know we have individuals in our lives that we're very close to uh, that uh, have served. Uh, Jack served himself. I think as we as we talk about vets specifically in the context of the local church, I think this is a topic that is not widely discussed. And oh, no. the 
the specific demographic of veterans within the local church is often a demographic that is I, I don't want to say neglected because that makes it sound like it's 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 some sort of like <laughs> it's it's something that's intentional. Yeah. Um, but kind of forgotten, you know, out of sight, out of mind, because most vets, uh, especially most vets that I know, uh, don't don't flaunt it. It's yeah. not something that they really make part of kind of their their uh, what do you say their their ethos, if you will. Right. Yeah. Um, and because of that, I think that the demographic of veterans within your local church is something that can often be overlooked. It can be forgotten and uh, something that is not not. Uh, not not focused on in the way that it should be. And because of that, you have um, vets in your church that I think are hurting in very specific ways, need help in very specific ways, and have gone through things in their life, especially <laughs> combat vets, Yeah, um, have gone through things in their life that you as a local church uh, pastor or just as a member, you may not have gone through. Uh, you don't have the ability to relate to them uh, on that level, but you are still called to serve them. You're still mm-hmm. called to be part of their life and be part of their community, right? And make them part of your community. It's important that we know how to do that. Uh, and we are blessed on the Reformatory to have a vet here. And I have, I always loved when Jack talks about this kind of stuff because it's it, it, it gives me an opportunity even to learn even more how to care for those vets in our local church. So, Jack, I want to throw it over to you, man, and uh, I'm going to let you kind of steer steer the ship on this one or i should say steer the tank because uh that was your specific that was you drive the tank josh let's you, be, let's, you don't steer a tank you don't steer a tank <laughs> see look at this i'm already <laughs> i've actually okay so this is this is probably why the you, funniest why do, you, thing. why do you take this sergeant all sure. right get out of here yeah this is probably the funniest thing too is that um I was an officer, and that brings you in a whole different other category. Oh, I because, just called you sergeant, sorry. Because people think that you're... I don't think you did. Um, I, people, no, I did. I, I apologize. People think, <laughs> people think that you're... Once you're an officer, yeah. you, you are like an Air Force. Okay, I'm going to make fun of oh, some here service it comes. branches. Here it comes. Here it comes. So <laughs> I was in the Army, and we used to make fun of Air Force officers all the time because... As you do. They would love... They love that Holiday Inn Express. Mm. <laughs> if they can find a Holiday Inn Express, they will find it. Well, okay. Now, why? Why? Like, uh, do they, they don't get a wanna... good discount? Okay. So I had an interaction when I was in college. I was on the student government my senior year. And myself and the president, the president, the student body president, he was he was deployed to Iraq a couple different times in the National Guard. Mm-hmm. And so him and I were having dinner with our college president, who was a Air Force veteran, uh, who went to the Air Force Academy. Oh, yeah. And this guy, we were sitting there eating, having dinner, and he starts to tell us about the story about how he was deployed to Turkey, and he was supposed to like kind of set up a tent out in the wilderness. And he's like, nah, not doing that called up a general and said get me a hotel to stay in what <laughs> and he got it and i'm just like wow you could you could never be more not on our level right now oh gosh um, but okay sir all right um 
Anyway, that's a little bit of completely <laughs> rabbit trail. Yeah, that was a completely inter- unnecessary rabbit inter- trail that Jack had to throw into inter-service, because he's army. <laughs> inter-service stuff. Okay, so officers <clears throat> officers are your supervisors and your managers in yeah. in the service. And I was definitely that as a junior officer for you know, most of my absolutely all of my career. But it's fun because when we went to uh, Armor and Cav Scout School, you could we drove M1 Abrams tanks. Yeah, and we drove them on this really historic site that's gone now. That was called Checkpoint Three uh, Seven, I think it is. I could be mistaken on the checkpoint number, but anyways, it basically Patton made these tank trails. Yeah, way long ago, he made them for maneuvering and everything like that at Fort Knox, Kentucky. And we got to basically tear it up uh, in these tanks as second lieutenants. And that's probably the funnest time I've ever had in the Army Mm. is driving tanks around in just these red clay mud pits (laughs) and just like getting them stuck and like maneuvering them and everything like that. So that was really fun. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. I mean, steering is part of driving the tank, though, no? (laughs) I mean, yes. you, you, okay. All right. I'm just saying. I'm just. I'm, I just. I'm, I'm just saying. <laughs> it it kind of, it's kind of weird because uh, it, it's actually when you get into the uh, when you get into the driver's seat of a tank, it almost looks like a a motorcycle. It almost looks like a crotch rocket. Oh, interesting. So it has these bars on there, and you, in order to basically kind of rev up the engine and get it going you just move it into drive yeah as you would kind of like a regular automatic vehicle and then you just kind of like rev it up and then it just starts to go and it's a dude it's like driving like a cadillac man it's just (laughs) bounces a lot that's Um, funny because a lot of people that i hear drive cadillac say it's like driving a tank so (laughs) (laughs) yep makes sense (laughs) so hand in Uh, hand Okay, so, so Jack, so so you you ranked out at 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 uh, uh, second lieutenant, right? I was or a first. second lieutenant. I was a first lieutenant, and then I ended my career as a captain. A okay, all right, well, good for you, man. Why did I think you were a sergeant? And you were, man. I you, don't know. I don't know, man. I I got to put come some. Off crusty, I got to put. I don't know. I got to put some flags on your shoulders, man. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Good gracious, yeah, Captain, Captain Jack, dude, Captain Jack. Yes. How have we not? Oh my Josh. goodness! How have I missed this opportunity this entire yeah. time, Captain Jack? I don't know, dude. Good gracious! Okay, I'm sorry. I'm freaking out over. I I don't know how I missed this. Anyway, Jack, talk to us about vets in the local church, please. I'm over here having a mini aneurysm. Yeah, like, um, that man. There is a lot of stuff I could say about veterans in the local church. Um, I do want to say that uh, I think the one thing that I was just like really taken aback on, which I think the Southern Baptist Convention, not to not to throw shade, but I'm just saying this is a critique. Wouldn't want to do that. Uh, <laughs> so the Southern Baptist Convention did something weird. They had like a chaplain who was like a high ranking general. And they had all these like chaplain candidates and stuff like that. And they were like really rah rahing like chaplains in the army and stuff. And I'm like, uh, I would just be careful on that. I guess here's my thing as a, as a veteran, I, I do. There's an affinity for the past in a little bit of sense. Um, 
I don't live in that time of like, I missed my time in the army and stuff like that. I feel like my time in the army, it was beneficial in certain ways, but it also caused a lot of pain in my life. Um, I still deal with a lot of institutional trauma that was caused by the military. Um, I still deal with stuff that the military conditioned me to be. Uh, and then coming into the civilian world in the private sector and the public sector of the civilian side, it has been tough. I'm not going to lie. Um, it's tough to change. I guess you could say code switch in a way from going to military jargon and that teamwork and being around people all the time to being on your own and kind of out there and doing your own thing. And so you have to understand that veterans in the local church are going to come in all shapes and sizes. You can have veterans, you can have, you know, reserve and national guardsmen in your church that kind of do the one weekend a month, two weeks a year kind of thing. They may have deployed. You could have former combat vets. You could have current service members who are serving. Um, There's a whole variety of it. And I think the biggest thing that is plaguing service members is actually getting into a local church, is finding that community, is having that community reciprocate who you are as a service member or veteran, and then also not put you on a pedestal. So not always trying to look at you as the token vet, um, but trying to look at you as they would any other brother and sister in Christ. So that's always the challenge is to try and to find those that trifecta <laughs> where you can find a local church, you can plug in, people accept you, and you're not put on a pedestal like you're Captain America 24-7 mm. because you can't. Um, and I think a lot of problems come from, from society putting veterans on that pedestal too. It's just a lot of weight to carry. Sure, sure, yeah. yeah, um, yeah. Which, which, to be fair, you know... We've thrown a lot of shade at the last step that we did a couple of years ago, but that yeah. that was, I think, one of the very benefit and insightful things for me to be mm-hmm. aware of that that up to that point I really wasn't is that I don't think there's anything wrong with thanking somebody for their service, right? But you yeah. have to be very careful with putting that individual on that pedestal because it, it's a weight that they, I mean, I don't think any human is built to to carry, and most vets don't want to carry it. Right. Yeah. It's like they want to be just part of the local church and they don't want to be seen as like, you know, some 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 different demographic of people because uh, that's going to make integrating into the local church really, really hard. So it's that it's that hard balance. And I'm speaking as someone who who's not a vet. It's that hard balance for me trying to find the balance of, look, like I want to show like I want to show this person that I appreciate, you know, I appreciate the time that you put in. I appreciate the sacrifice that you made, right, and and all of that, but I also want to be careful not to just make this person think, okay, well, you know, this person sees me as some sort of, like you said, Captain America figure, so it's going to be hard to get get close to them in a community sense, right? And that's yeah. a that's a hard that's a hard balance, I think, to strike for a lot of individuals, especially those that haven't actually served in the military themselves. Yeah. Plus, I think it's it's just a different environment that we're going through right now in our country. Um, it is very much volunteer basis. We've had a volunteer military 
up until ever since after Vietnam. That's when the draft ended. So basically all the way up from the late 70s going into the 80s all the way through today, we don't have a... I I rarely find people, rarely find veterans who got drafted. Um, my dad was about to be drafted and then he just enlisted. He said, I'm not going to do it your way. I'm going to do it my way. And so um, I think the only time I can remember in my family where some of my family members got drafted may have been my grandfather's. So both my mom, and my dad's dad's may have been drafted. My mom's dad, my maternal grandfather was in the army, uh, in the European campaign. And then my, my paternal grandfather was in the, uh, Pacific campaign on a yeah. battleship. So, yeah, I think my, my, man, I think my granddad was, he was, he was drafted into the paratroopers. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it's so that even changes the dynamic, too, because being drafted alongside a big population, actually, it showed this is pretty interesting. They've done statistics in different countries where there is basically mandatory service. Sure. So in South Korea, um, there's a mandatory service time of, I think, two years. Israel has the same, I think. mm -hmm. There's different countries that have that. And that actually is interesting because they have better ways in their society where they can understand each other because they all have that commonality. Yeah, sure. Of being in the service together versus 99% of Americans <laughs> do not have uh, any kind of way of having this similarity, similar life experience with a service member. Because we have this all-volunteer service. Right. So that's something that has been on the table a long time about mandatory service in the United States. I don't think it's ever going to happen, to be honest, unless it really gets desperate. But um, that's something that a lot of veterans have actually said, like, hey, we could do this, and you could actually do this as well, too, and you could not be drafted or go into a combat situation. Um I think a lot of National Guardsmen and Reserve folk would tell you that that's probably the best route to go if you want to experience the military without, I guess, being deployed exp- all the time. Yeah, sure, sure. <laughs> so, so when when you okay, so you have you have this because here's the thing: like it's not just it's not just veterans within the local church that we are called to relate to that 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 we don't have something in common with right this is mm-hmm. this is the wonderful thing about the gospel is that it it unites us with so many different people from so many different backgrounds and life experiences and all this stuff that we have this commonality with in the gospel right and especially yeah. those in our local church we're united not only by the blood of Christ but also by our commitment to one another in 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 this body right mm-hmm. so you you as a vet right and and someone I think I think who has experienced stuff and other vets who have experienced very very unique situations, right? And some vets very difficult, traumatizing, mm-hmm. like horrible situations. Like war war is awful, right? Yeah. And it affects you in many different ways that unless you have gone through it, you're you're not gonna understand, right? Yeah. Um, but that doesn't mean that you're that doesn't mean that you're helpless, and that doesn't yeah. mean that you're called to just be like, "Well, I'm I'm never going to get that, so I'm not going to, yeah, you know, I'm not going to try." Yeah, right. We still have a responsibility as mm-hmm. the local church to come around one another, right? So, Jack, for you, um, 
uh, because you 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 correct me if I'm wrong, but you are a combat vet too, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. for you, uh, who did experience those stuff, and you know, you and I have talked about some of the stuff that that you went through, and it's it's hard. It's not it's not easy. <laughs> yeah. Um. In what ways did you see, and in what ways can you encourage the local church to come alongside the vets within its walls to better to better care for them and to better integrate them into into the community of the local church? Yeah, I would say that. Um, so I was deployed for Afghanistan uh, for over a year plus from 2011 to 2012. Um, a lot of that was experiencing uh, a lot of IEDs. It wasn't so much being in firefights. It was experiencing IEDs being blown up in front of me, behind me, my platoon being blown up by an IED, something along those lines. It was super stressful, right? Sure, yeah. Those are, those are very stressful. And then on top of it, being told... Oh hey, uh, we had surveillance footage. You may have been actually sitting on the IED. We don't know, but you actually could have like died right there. Oh, it's like thanks, thanks a lot. Yeah, thanks um, for telling me that. Now. <laughs> in, in hindsight, so, you know, I didn't really need to know. <laughs> Appreciate so the info. like, there's like certain things, I guess, for me, you know that that seemed like a regular thing. And then you come back to the United States, the biggest thing that I see that the local church can help out veterans with is having them be a part of your church in a way where they can understand you as almost like this family, mm. which, yeah. yeah. so yeah. how because I- Because you're used to that, you're used to that brotherhood mentality within the military. I would right? say it's even more so- for people who have deployed for long periods of time. Yeah. Because when I was deployed to Afghanistan, I was with my platoon in the same, you name it, like shed, whatever we were sleeping in. Sure. We were all wasn't together. A holi- it wasn't a holiday inn. It was not a holiday inn. Maybe it was a halal inn, maybe. <laughs> but it was not a holiday inn. Halal. Uh, halal inn. You gotta you gotta um, get that you gotta get that phlegm in the back of the throat. <laughs> gotta get that phlegm. Uh, so yeah, it's like we you know, it was myself, uh some of my other uh team leaders were with me in a certain room together. And then in the next room, you'd have a bunch of people as well, too. You were all living together, talking with one another, uh, debating with one another, smoking cigars. We'd smoke cigars with one another. Uh, at the time, too, I would smoke maybe like a pack and a half of cigarettes, menthols, Bad uh, a month. Bad Jack. Oh, maybe <laughs> not a month. Maybe a week. Um, it was stressful. So yeah, no, no, I, I understand. Yeah, well, I but, don't understand, but yes, I I, I understand looking for relief. <laughs> so you had you had these different ways in which you connected, which you're basically it's just a microcosm. Sure, sure. It's hyper community for a year, and then you come back to the United States, and it is it is quite the the mind screw. I will mm. say that because you are expected to go back to your apartment go back to being individualistic versus this hyper intensity 
a hyper intensive community and communal living for over a year. Yeah. And it is just an absolute culture shock mm-hmm. because now who am I going to eat with? Who am I going to do things with? Yeah. Who, who are my people? Like that, those are the questions that I asked myself regularly when I came back from Afghanistan. And it's just really hard uh, to make that switch. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would say it's even tougher if you've been deployed and you come back from that deployment, going through traumatic events on top of it and going through that with a certain people group. And then you're expected to kind of just, eh, well, nope, not anymore. Right. Just yeah. kind of like do this. Like, go back to being individualistic, going back to do stuff on your own. So I would say how the church comes into play with that is the church can look at that and say, hmm, you know, maybe you haven't deployed. That doesn't really matter at all. But Mm -hmm. it matters that you're in a local church and people are treating you as if you were part of their family, Mm. as if you were another brother or sister in Christ that is invited over for dinner, that is getting invited to do stuff regularly. Because on top of this too, enlisted service members have possibly the worst setup in the world living on a, <laughs> living on a military base. Sure, yeah. It is so desolate sometimes. I, I have not lived, I've lived on a military installation maybe for a little bit of time in the United States, but not the ways that enlisted service members have. Uh, where you're living in a barracks and it is just like, there's no, I mean, there's pseudo community, but it is not the same thing as living in a dorm in college or anything else. It's just very isolating. And so you got to think about that as your local church. Hmm. If this person is coming to us from a military installation, I, they're, if they're, if they're enlisted, they're probably isolated they probably don't do a whole lot of stuff. How can we plug them into the rhythms of the local church within yeah. communities? Stuff like that. Like that's the easiest thing that you can do. Like that's very low hanging fruit to minister. Sure. So and so I'll throw my two cents in. And again, not from experience, but but from experience caring for these for these individuals, right? So I'm coming mm-hmm. more from the counseling side of stuff, right? Yeah. Um you have some individuals who are coming back from tour or whatever it is, gone through some just deep, deep crap, right? Yeah. Um, that coming coming out of that and coming out of the effects that that has on some individuals, and again, it affects everyone differently. It doesn't affect everyone to the same you know to to the same degree, um, but that can take time. Right. And it's very important that we we as as pastors, but, you know, you know, even just 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 us as members of local church understand that God rarely is going to be calling you to fix that individual. Yeah. Right. And there's some things I mean, actually, we don't have the power to fix anything. Right. Mm-hmm. We're going to be tools used by the Holy Spirit to care for that individual. And sometimes, like Jack's saying, that individual just needs someone just to sit with them and just to be there with them, just to be a resource, not trying to change things, not trying to, you know, 
not trying to understand, you know, to, to, to get on their level. Because, look, you know, unless you've been through combat, you're not going to understand it. Yeah. You know, I don't understand the type of trauma that comes from seeing friends killed. I don't I don't get that. But I can still I can still be an encouragement to that person. I can still be a source of light and hope because I can give them the gospel. Mm-hmm. I can give them Jesus. Mm-hmm. Right. And I can be an encouragement and and community and show that person love because I genuinely care about. It. And look, this is this is the wonderful thing about the gospel is that it will be it will be given to that individual and the effects of the gospel will be given to that individual on an individual basis. However, the spirit wants to wants to reveal it in their life. Right. Mm-hmm. So that hope that 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 person needs that's hurting that fear that they're trying to overcome, the the depression that may be there, the anger that may be there, the grief that may be there. The gospel is the answers for that. And the Holy Spirit is going to apply the gospel to that individual's heart. You are just called to be faithful. Mm-hmm. You're called to be a faithful friend that cares for that individual, right? That makes that individual part of your life. Mm-hmm. And watch what the Holy Spirit will do, right? So again, you're not you're not called to understand because you frankly won't and that's okay. And I don't think most vets, at least most vets that I know, they're not going to hold that against you. No. Right? But you are called to be a light and you're called to be a friend and a brother and a sister to that person that's hurting, right? And we do that Jack 100% right. By integrating them, making them part of the family, right? Not putting them on a pedestal, not making them feel weird and all this stuff, right? But showing that you truly care and asking them, what is it that you need? How, how can we be helping you, right? I think, and again, this this might be a rabbit trail, but J- Jack and I have talked about this before. And I, again, coming from a counseling perspective, PTSD, throwing <laughs> throwing that last letter on there, I think is a major, distur- major disservice. Yeah. Because... Post-traumatic stress, it, it, it's not a disorder. And we got to stop viewing it as a disorder. It's what naturally happens when you go through something traumatic. It's your body's yeah. natural response of trying to deal with the shock that you just went to. Like, I'm not a fan of throwing the, throwing the label disorder onto someone who is going through something that is natural. And we need to stop viewing these vets uh, and anybody else that's suffering from any type of traumatic experience. Stop viewing them as somehow somehow defaulty and view them as an individual who is made in the image of God that needs the community of the local church and the hope of the gospel. Yeah. Right. Um, I know that when I am hurting and when I have gone through stuff, now obviously not to the level of combat, but when I've gone through stuff that those individuals that have come alongside me in that way, that is where I have experienced the most hope and the most healing. And it's not from the individuals that are j- just trying to fix me. Like, you know, yeah. here, here's a book. Here's, you know, here's, you know, ha- have, have you tried this? Have you tried this? Now, look, I mean, there's good resources out there. Awesome. But that relationship needs to be there before yeah. I start trusting, you know, the resources that you're going to throw at me. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, yeah. Jack, you know, I think, you know, as we, as we, as we kind of wrap up here, because I think we're already, we're already over time, but any, any other last last encouragements, last, last advice toward the individuals that are listening to this. And they're like, Hey, I've got this friend in the local, in my local church. I know he or she's a vet. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would like to, I'd like to form a relationship with this person and at least, at least show them that I, 
that I care and that I'm thankful. How do they, how would you suggest going about doing that in a way that's not that's not weird or almost almost like I don't know if tokenism is the right word, but like yeah. you know, like like oh, they're my vet friend. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Oh, um, how do you how, how would you advise us to go about? bringing these people into our community without without making it weird <laughs> yeah i would say Maybe it's just uh, weird all the time i don't know maybe it's just always gonna be weird <laughs> i would say find some commonalities with them i mean here's the thing too if if you're a man and you you know meet another guy in your local church and you find out that they're a veteran or they're serving in the military or something like that I'd say the best thing to do is not so much talk about their military service first, talk about the commonalities that you have with them so that you're making that connection with them first to kind of establish like a baseline and then slowly start to talk about like military service a little bit later. Maybe um, don't lead with that because <laughs> that's like, sure, that's kind of alienating. Like, have you, um, have you killed anybody? <laughs> It's like have you like it's always those questions, dude. Oh my god! It's like oh, I mean, I mean, did you see combat? It's like, it's like, good gracious, back off, dude. Like you literally <laughs> met me two minutes ago. Yeah, like, take a chill pill. Exactly. Uh, so, yeah, I would say that. Um, I would say like on a deeper level, um, try not to be ambiguous. Try to be as straightforward and honest with people who are service members or veterans as you can. Um, Mainly because I guess I, I I say that because I'm experiencing a little bit of this lately, but ambiguity is so tough for service members because we dealt so much in like the black and whites. Mm, sure. Of, yeah, that makes sense. Of just understanding things. And so I can say that I can deal with gray when it comes to theological stuff and everything like that. Like that's not an issue. But I think it, when it comes to interactions and relationships, Try not to be ambiguous <laughs> when it comes to your interactions with service members on a, on a relational level. Like, try to be as straightforward and honest and as um, vulnerable as you can with them, because that really establishes a lot of trust. To sure. be quite honest, yeah, and it gives us like a way of like, wow, like this shows me that you actually like really care for me. Um, and you're not like trying to like, <laughs> like tick me off in these different ways of like, sure, you know, did you shoot this? Like, did you do this? <laughs> blah, blah, blah. What was your um, everyday carry? <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> By the way, that never, okay. There's a thing called no, the <laughs> arm, the arms room. Yeah. That's where all the weapons are at people. We don't carry like, <laughs> We don't carry like rifles all the time on a military installation. They're in an arms room, and you take them out, and then they you carry go to rocket. Range. They carry rocket launches. Oh that's what gosh. that's what they're doing. <laughs> anyway, yeah, I mean, I would recommend just that. Very simple things, very easy things to talk about with service members. Um, if you happen like, I think the thank you for your service obviously is a little bit overplayed. I would rather see somebody like support me in these certain ways mm. it's like hey it's like i'm here to support you through this versus i feel like the thank you for the your service is a very kind of pithy 
statement because you you want to say something but you don't know how to say it and then on top of it you'll probably never see this person again sure but you have to do this somehow (laughs) um in the local church you're going to see that person a lot sure yeah so show them ways that you're supporting them yeah versus just giving that token answer of like oh thank you for your service blah 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 um Like, show them you actually support them and not just that statement. So, that's all I'm getting. That's the only, that's the only, um, the only angsty, angsty, the only angsty that I'm going to get out of this. I feel like I've come a long way since that episode that we talked about. You have, yes. I can, I can attest to this. You have, you know, uh, getting married does soften a man. You're right. Yeah. 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 It's a little bit more gracious. Yeah. Uh, but I love that it's still worked in a little bit. Well, you know yeah. what, Jack? You and I do have a relationship. You and I are friends. Mm-hmm. And I do not at all feel uh, amiss or awkward telling you that I am thankful for your service. I am. Thank you, Jack. Thank I, you, Josh. I, I support you. That. I support I... you, too. <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I well, approve this message. That's right. That's right. Well, and uh, to all you other vets... Uh, that we we don't have relationships with, but you might you might be listening. Uh, we we are thankful for you. We're thankful for you guys. We're thankful for you gals. We thank you for just the time and the sacrifice that you made, and uh, the the love of you know what whatever the motivations were. Because I think a lot of people put motivations on p- people going into the service, and for a lot of it's just well, I just needed a job, <laughs> which is yeah. totally fine and totally yep. legitimate. Yep. Whatever the reason was. We thank you guys. Happy Veterans Day. Uh, shout out to all of our vets in the local church. Uh, we love you, and we thank you for listening. So, Jack, Captain Jack, man, I am still kicking myself. I thought you were a sergeant, and Sergeant no. Jack just doesn't, I can't think of anything, but Captain Jack, mm-hmm. Captain Jack, dude, that is, that's literally the greatest, like, so far that's the greatest. Nothing's better than that. Bro Jack, yeah. uh, Jack Daddy, although Jack Daddy's still pretty still <laughs> Jack Daddy's pretty, pretty funny. That's not bad. <laughs> Why don't you get us out of here, Captain Jack Daddy? <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, uh, if you appreciate our, our vacillations, if you will, about different demographics of people in the local church and how to serve them well, and you appreciate uh, Josh and I's candor and friendship that you hear on the Reformatory. You too can follow us on the sociables, if you will. That's right. Uh, the tweaker, the Twitter, Elon Musk's new empire, new frontier. Dude, I'm thinking we are about was, to get that. We are about to get that twenty dollar tax for yeah. just using that app. Dude, okay? I'm about. I'm about. <laughs> I'm. A, I'm. I'm seriously considering trying the eight bucks a month because I want to be verified. <laughs> okay, does it give you the check mark though? I don't know. Probably not. I want the check I mark. I want the check mark I'm, too. I'll just take the check mark for four dollars a month. Give me care. my blue check. Yeah. Okay. The Facebook. Uh, the Facebook. The Zuck site. The new Ready Player One landscape of yeah. the multiverse. Less excited for that. Uh, or you could go on the Instagram. The man, you are not going to get. You know what you're going to get on the Instagram? You are going to get a lot of pictures. You are not going to get a whole lot of debates. I will say you are going to get a whole lot of funny reels. Oh my gosh, good funny reels all the time on the Instagram. I love it. I'd like you to say the Reformatory puts out some some good reels from time to time. I mean, you can I always mean, check us out. Reels that may or may not there. get us blocked by. <laughs> My former, former, former big Eva, 
Mart's pastors. pastors. <laughs> anyway, you can check us out all on those sociable sites at the tag at Reformatory Pod. <laughs> Josh, you can tell the lovely people how they might help us. Uh, in other ways, in other <laughs> endeavors. So. He was so quick on the oh draw, dude. He's so triggered. That video wasn't posted 45 uh, seconds. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Ladies and gentlemen, we thank you for all the support that you've given the Reformatory. There are multiple ways you can do it. You can head on to Patreon. For $5 a month, you could become a Patreon supporter and have your name hallowed. Hallowed, sir. Hallowed. Hallowed through the halls of this podcast. You can head on over to reformatorypod.com, get yourself some local church merch. Last but definitely not least, if you are on Apple and you're listening to this, if you're a veteran and you're listening to this on an mm-hmm. iPhone, scroll down. Give us a little five stars for five stolas. Five star generals. Those don't exist. No, those don't exist. But for the reformatory, they do. <laughs> Make yourself a five-star general. Give us a little five solas action. Give us a little review. We would greatly appreciate it. Helps get the podcast out to more people. We thank you guys for listening. Happy Veterans Day to all you vets. Thank you. We love you guys. We'll catch you on the next episode of The Reformatory.